Hello and welcome to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup for research published between the 13th and the 19th of December 2022. I'm Katrina Pears, the research correspondent for the Emmy Association. The break for Christmas period has kicked in this week with a lull in research, which has particularly affected the number of long COVID studies we have seen. There have been four new ME-CFS studies and six new long COVID studies this week. There are two slightly different studies which I have included in this roundup. Paper 2 is an abstract from a conference, so it's not a full study to read, but a lot of detail is given, which is on the role of leptin and inflammatory-related biomarkers in ME-CFS. Paper 3 is not directly on ME-CFS, but the use of cognitive behaviour therapy, CBT, in long-term conditions, particularly focusing on fatigue outcomes. We have highlighted one of the ME-CFS studies in detail. Paper 1 is a preprint, meaning it has not been peer-reviewed and the science verified. It is on autoantibodies. This study looked into the changes in blood content of 33 naturally occurring autoantibodies to a range of different tissues in both ME-CFS and fibromyalgia patients. There has been quite a lot of interest of late in autoantibodies, particularly against G-protein coupled receptors, GPCR, anti-GPCR. However, this study looks more in-depth into the naturally occurring autoantibodies. GPCR may also be known under several different names, including 7-PASS transmembrane domain receptors, 7TM receptors, as they pass through the membrane seven times, and serpentine receptors. GPCR are expressed by almost all cells and are included in a number of different activities, including, but not exclusively to, activating intracellular signaling pathways which regulate cell trafficking and migration, secretion of inflammatory cytokines and neurotransmission. Due to their role in cell net recognition and signaling, they are often a target for drugs. Research has shown that in some conditions the imbalance of anti-GPRC, either increased or decreased compared to controls, plays a role in the development of autoimmune conditions. For example, in long COVID, higher levels of anti-GPCR, anti-SG2 antibodies have been found which have been implicated in the cardiopathology of long COVID. However, this study, as I said, looks more into the role of naturally occurring autoantibodies, which differs from all previous studies we have seen. The researchers in this study found that ME-CFS patients with and without fibromyalgia were characterised by more frequent and larger deviations in the immune reactivity to GAB receptors than controls. And this is a type of receptor that responds to neurotransmission. They help to inhibit or reduce nerve impulses. Although no significant differences were found in the other naturally occurring autoantibodies. However, the levels were correlated to symptoms such as pain, fatigue and depression. Interestingly, the strength of correlation differed between the groups studied. And these groups were ME-CFS with and without fibromyalgia and controls. 
A number of studies have debated whether ME-CFS is an autoimmune disease. Results from this study suggest that it is not, but it is a condition of dysregulated natural autoimmunity. A few things can be noted from this study. This was a pilot study, so the sample size was reasonably small, with three different groups, 11 participants with ME-CFS and fibromyalgia, 11 participants with ME-CFS only and no fibromyalgia, and 11 healthy controls. However, this is a good-sized study, even double compared to many other pilot studies we have seen. It is a shame that there was no only fibromyalgia group for comparison, which would help to define the biological differences between ME-CFS and fibromyalgia. Patients in this study were included when they met all three of the most commonly used diagnostic criteria for ME-CFS. These are Fukunoda, Cadian Consensus and IOM, meaning the inclusion criteria for ME-CFS was more rigorous than other studies. However, there is no mention of the different severities which are likely to have varied when looking at autoantibodies. Results provide one snapshot in time, so we do not know how results vary with duration of illness. Duration varied from 1 to 35 years with an average of 6 years for the ME-CFS with fibromyalgia group. Furthermore, only having one time point is particularly relevant for the questionnaires used to look at symptoms as symptoms vary hugely with time, such as post-exertional malaise. So this in turn will affect the correlation seen to the autoantibodies and symptoms. The correlation of symptoms with autoantibodies is also in line with those results previously reported by Fridtag et al. 2021. The science in this paper is fairly complicated and the way the data is presented makes it difficult to know if these results are of significant interest. With a lack of figures slash graphs comparing information for all three groups, these are all displayed separately making comparisons hard. However, there does seem to be a lack of statistical significance of these results. Only further study whether autoantibodies have a significant role in ME-CFS will answer this. You may also be interested in reading paper 4 in the ME-CFS reference section, which further supports the evidence for the high prevalence of ME-CFS in those with persistent COVID-19 symptoms. The first author of this paper is Dr. Leonard Jason from Deepool University, who we have seen numerous ME-CFS studies from this year. Thank you for listening to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup. I'll be taking a break next week for the Christmas break, so I will be back again in the new year.